it's a small city, but it really has something for everybody. You know, there is a sort of downtown thing for the professionals, you know, some of the best music in the world, New Orleans has it, some of the best food in the world, we got it. Like if you're kind of a fun-loving, outgoing person, you'll never find anywhere else on earth that's gonna suit you better than New Orleans, in my mind. Welcome back or welcome to the Business in Board Shorts podcast, the only podcast dedicated to coastal entrepreneurs and business owners. I'm your host, C.T. Kaup. In this episode, I talk with Ashton Rogers, the owner of La Vie New Orleans Private Tours in New Orleans, Louisiana. Let's dive into this week's conversation. Hey, Ashton, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. So can you tell our listeners, how did you get started in the tour industry? As a college summer job, I went to school in Washington, D.C. I, with a couple of friends, worked as a tour guide on a tour company called Tourmobile. Never really thought much of it. Um, and, you know, I had a good time, but didn't think it would ever be a career or anything. And fast forward a few years, I was living in D.C., working for a law firm, ended up deciding to go to law school, went to Tulane in New Orleans. And when I finished up, I had a sort of career crisis where I thought that I had a couple of jobs lined up. Um, And this was right after the Great Recession, right? And for people who don't remember, the legal industry was going through like a massive overhaul, firms were downsizing, a lot of layoffs, all that kind of stuff. So these job offers that I had lined up fell through. And I kind of thought, well, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to try and find other jobs that are like that? Or just, you know, kind of had to take a step back and think. And I was starting to apply to other jobs as an attorney. And everything was looking just more and more depressing. Like, I was looking at these jobs. and I was like, I like don't want to do this. Like, nothing was getting me excited. I was like dreading filling out these applications and stuff. My now wife, then girlfriend, who's amazing, she kind of had that generic question that everybody's heard a million times. Like if money wasn't an issue, you know, you won the lottery, what would you do? And I was like, I'd just be a history teacher. (laughs) And uh, she was like, well, you should just do that. So for a hot second, I looked into becoming a history teacher. And there's actually a way you can do it in New Orleans. It's called Teach NOLA, which is sort of like Teach for America, but it's New Orleans specific where you get like three months of training and they just sort of stick you in a school and you go. And while I was sort of doing all the information sessions and stuff on that, it sort of popped into my head that I could teach history, but also be a business owner and kind of do my own thing. And hopefully potentially kind of make a little bit more than a public school teacher can make and all that. And, uh, I just said, let's do it, you know, and, uh, sort of leap of faith, but just went for it and kind of worked out. (laughs) Before that point in time, did you ever think about being an entrepreneur or doing your own thing? It always seemed like something that was cool, but it never seemed like anything that I would actually do because like I never knew of anything that I would be good at or was capable of doing, you know, like I, I don't know. I didn't like there was no business that I could imagine myself running until that idea popped in my head. But it always it always was there, you know, like it never seemed real. 
but it always sort of looked at other people that own businesses. And, you know, they always say the best predictor of whether or not you're going to own a business is whether or not somebody in your family did. You know, my dad had an architecture firm, but I was like, I can't draw. Um, had a couple other attorney, or, uh, sorry, uncles that uh, had their own businesses. But there was nothing I could see myself doing. And I saw you worked for uh, some tour companies prior to starting your own. So can you talk about the backstory on that and then the transition point? Well, so other than working for the place in college, I just right after law school, I didn't work for anybody else in New Orleans. I, uh, you know, when I was in law school, took a few business law classes, a lot of business law classes, and was like, well, I know how to start an LLC. (laughs) And I, uh, the first couple of months was like doing all the paperwork and, you know, I had no money and didn't want to ask anybody for money, not even for like personal pride reasons or anything. I just didn't want to deal with asking or telling everybody I knew that I wasn't going to be an attorney and like dealing with all that. Like I just wanted to do it and make it happen. And uh, so I had to figure out how to like build a website. And like I still to this day do everything, like everything myself. And uh, yeah, a few months kind of getting it going and then put it out there and it took another month or so to start getting any traction. But uh, yeah, it was sort of a ready fire aim thing. I don't recommend that for anybody else, but you know, it's kind of how it works. Can you talk about the different tours that you offer? These days, like I started out doing only walking tours in the French Quarter and public groups. Um, and then I sort of realized that, you know, people would hire me to do private tours and I realized I make a lot more money and it's a lot more fun when you have like a small group and you're just with some people instead of like having 18 strangers or something. So I do pretty much everything that you can do in the form of private tours in and around New Orleans with one big exception being haunted stuff. I don't do that. So I do walking in the French Quarter and in the Garden District, and then I drive sort of just a general New Orleans history tour. It's about three hours. I do culinary tours in town, which are a lot of fun. We spend about four or five hours and just kind of eat our way all over the city and leave town by going to um, plantations and going to airboats like out in the swamps. I do a lot of custom stuff too. If you want anything strange, I'm happy to make it work. Tell us one of the crazy custom tours you've done. (laughs) Well, so I've had some crazy requests that I just couldn't do. Like I had some a bachelor party that wanted to wrestle alligators. So I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and uh, like, you're never going to find anybody that's going to be able to do that for liability reasons. But um, probably the most interesting custom thing I've done was a speakeasy tour, which uh, was actually not that hard to come up with places because there's a lot of really cool places that used to be speakeasies in new orleans and still kind of have that original like 1920s vibe going on um but it was just something i'd never thought anybody would be interested in and somebody wanted to do it and uh you know i love it when i get these kind of random requests and it gives me an opportunity to learn all this random stuff that i wouldn't have taken the time to learn otherwise and yeah the speakeasy tour was probably my most fun that i did when you think back to the first couple years what would you say is, do you feel is different or that you've learned in those first couple of years versus like the last couple? Kind of working smarter and not harder. I mean, obviously you want to work hard, but uh, the first few years I was doing four tours a day. They were sort of public, meaning anywhere up to 28 people could join. 
And it was the same exact thing four times a day, every day. And uh, it was just a lot, you know, it was like eight hours of speaking, eight hours of showing people around. It was a lot. You're kind of spinning my wheels, like not really making a ton of, I mean, I was making enough to get by, but not really making a ton. And then the private thing sort of started to happen organically. And then there was a few years where I was just kind of marketing the private and not really marketing the public and still doing it, thinking I needed to do it to sustain myself. And then after, yeah, probably two and a half or so years after I started, I sort of realized I need to just accept the fact that sometimes I'm going to be working a lot less. Like there's going to be some dry spells, but long-term it's kind of the way to go. It took me a while to realize this, but you got to think, you know, a few years down the road, like what do you want your business to look like? And how do you get to that point? Like that needs to be the goal, not just, you know, am I going to make an extra few hundred bucks this week? It's like, what do I need to be in five years and make your company like that? What time of year do you see those spikes? So like most tourist places in the world, summer is the biggest and the rest of the year is kind of slower. New Orleans is very different because summer here is incredibly hot and we don't have like a lake or a beach or something that people can go swim in really. So summer is a slow season. Um, so pre-COVID, you know, I would be doing three, maybe four days a week in summertime. And then the crazy time is spring here. Um, it's a combination of things. You got Mardi Gras, you got spring break. Um, and spring break in New Orleans isn't as much of, like it's some spring break kids going to party, but it it's really just a lot of people traveling with their families, you know? Um, like high school kids and, uh, and then you got all the festivals. So, you know, people, everybody knows of Mardi Gras. Some people know a jazz fest, but there's like French quarter fest and all these other big festivals that go on in springtime that bring tens of thousands of people a day into the city and springtime it's, you know, six, seven days a week, just gangbusters is crazy. And how would you explain the vibe of new Orleans for somebody that has never been there or really just knows it from being party central Mardi Gras. New Orleans, it's a small city, but it really has something for everybody. You know, there is a sort of downtown thing for the professionals. People, when people think New Orleans, they think Bourbon Street, but that's such a tiny, tiny sliver of what we got. If you want, you know, some of the best music in the world, New Orleans has it. Some of the best food in the world, we got it. You know, there's everything from kind of the old sort of genteel stuff. You know, if you go to the Garden District, if, you know, you want to wear seersuckers and drink a mint julep on the porch, you can live that kind of life. If you want to kind of be a kind of grungy hippie and live your life in dive bars and stuff, that's for you too, you know? Um, But really, it's the thing that makes New Orleans special. It's not, you know, we got beautiful architecture and music and food and whatever. Um, I think it's kind of the people, meaning here in town without a doubt from anywhere i've ever been or lived or spent time in people here are just so much kind of happier and friendlier and more open and more social and more gregarious whatever you want to say um than any other definitely any other american city and it's going to be you know in the top sliver of cities around the world uh like if you're kind of a fun-loving outgoing person You'll never find anywhere else on earth that's going to suit you better than New Orleans. There's two things I love. 
catching rays, and catching new business. But getting tan is a lot easier than getting your business found online. If you're struggling to get new customers from your website, let my decade of experience work for you. Surf on over to callmect.com and fill out a quick form. I'll be sure to answer as soon as I get back from the beach. What do you enjoy most about being your own boss? I mean, specifically, it's honestly being able to take off whenever I want to. I mean, I I probably work more in sort of weirder hours than most people when business is kind of going full steam because, you know, I'm working weekends and all this kind of weird stuff. But, you know, there's so many friends that, like you want to go for a weekend somewhere or something and they can't get time off or yada, yada. Personally, the thing I like the most is like, you know, I don't get paid when I'm not working. Like if I take time off, I'm not getting a salary. But if I want to take a weekend and go to the beach or something, there's nobody that can say no, you know, (laughs) it's just all up to me. Yeah. I love that too. The freedom and the flexibility is priceless. Yeah, for sure. Where do you see this business or where do you want to see it go in the next, say, two or three years? The sort of structure is kind of where I want it. Um, There's a few things I'd like to do a little bit more high end. uh, But, you know, I was telling somebody earlier today, uh, the six months leading up to COVID, I had sort of taken a step back and looked at the business and where it was. And uh, I kept telling my wife over and over, I'm like, this is like, this is as good as it gets, you know, like, I can't, like, this is what I dreamed it would be. Like, this is as busy is profitable, like everything as I dreamed it would be. Um, And, you know, of course, COVID came and kind of changed all that. But I think, you know, knock on wood, I'm assuming it's going to get back to that at some point. Like when travel comes back, I'm assuming I'm going to be back to it. Uh, The stuff that I was hoping to do differently, it's kind of small stuff. Like it's not anything structural with the tours. It was basically just getting a little bit of a nicer vehicle. Like I have a nice SUV, but it's not the newest model. Like I'd like to get, you know, a nice black Tahoe or something like that. That's almost brand new or brand new and uh, kind of be able to charge just a little bit more because of that. I know that's not an exciting answer, but the business really was exactly what I wanted it to be. You know, this might be one of your questions and I might be jumping the gun here. I had thought about expanding in the past and, even sort of took a little bit of a step to do it where I, I didn't hire somebody per se, but you know, there's a lot of independent guides here that you kind of bring on as contractors or whatever. And uh, the extra stress and kind of hassle of managing somebody for, you know, another 10, 20 grand a year or something. And this is kind of a new Orleans sort of answer, but it just didn't appeal to me. (laughs) Like I would rather keep it small, simple, hundred percent me, I don't want to say easy, but just keep it straightforward and low stress, you know, like this is, can be a very low stress kind of happy job. And that's kind of what I want to keep it at. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I'm really big on just knowing yourself and staying in your lane. And if you don't need to have a brick and mortar business with five locations, if one is just fine and totally works for you and it's just, it's not, you don't have to compare yourself others and think it has to be this this thing you can yeah. be your own thing what would you say is the best life advice you ever received 
this advice was sort of told as a joke in like a wedding speech. <laughs> and it's sort of a specific joke, but it sort of applies to a lot of different things, which, and I've sort of extrapolated it to mean something that it doesn't even come close to meaning. But uh, there's a joke where somebody was giving a speech at a wedding talking to the groom saying, you know, there's one sentence that's going to make you have a happy marriage for the rest of your life. Just memorize the sentence and whenever you know things are getting rough or whatever, just say the sentence and everything will get better. And the sentence is, I am so sorry. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's kind of a joke. Um, but it also, I sort of have taken it to mean if, you know, if you're in a situation, things are starting, you're having a misunderstanding, whatever the situation is, forget about ego, whatever, just take ownership of it. Don't worry about like winning or whatever. Just worry about getting the problem solved and moving on. And I've sort of taken that to a whole different level where I think about, this is going to sound a little strange at first, but I think about being able. So, you know, like if you want something out of other people, you have to be a person that is able, meaning like if you want to be liked, be likable, you know, like if you want to be hired, be hireable. If you want people to, come and give you money, like make it easy for them to do it. Like make, be the kind of person or the kind of business that people want. Don't go into it thinking like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be exactly this kind of thing. And if they like it, that's great. And if they don't like screw them, because that's kind of a recipe for disaster. You got to respond to other people, be just be the kind of business that people want to spend money at and are happy to spend money at and want to come back and spend money at. And on a personal level, you know, whatever people like, whatever you want to get out of people, be the kind of person that they want to give that to. And that's professionally and personally, it's kind of the way that I live instead of being, you know, a hard headed person. Like I was when I, like I was when I was younger, just kind of malleable and take it in stride and be happy with it. You know, what's the best business advice you've received? Don't make it hard for people to give you money. <laughs> you know, there's so many businesses that are like, well, we don't take cash. You're like, we only take cash or, you know. So when I first started, I was only able to take credit cards online. Like if you went to the website or whatever. And then I had a friend who she was like, no, don't do that. Do that. Plus swipe cards on your phone. Take cash. If, uh, you know, sometimes I get these corporate clients and it'll be some conference or something. And they need like an invoice and like they want to send a check and whatever. And you're like, you know, this is very 1995, but like I'll fax you an invoice, like whatever you need, <laughs> like however you want to pay me, like you got Amex, like I'll take Amex, like I don't care, you know, just if people want to give me money, make it so easy. So there's no friction. Make it easy for people to pay you, man. <laughs> I'm all about make it as frictionless as possible. What things do you do every day that you wish you could automate? parking in the French quarter. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's very specific to my business. Like that's, that's probably the biggest pain of the butt for me is when I do walking tours in the French quarter, getting down there and parking, but um, kind of more generally responding to customers. Like you get different kinds of people and uh, everybody wants a quick response and I love getting quick responses. But if I'm out doing tours all day, I'll be gone for eight hours or something. I can't reply until seven o'clock at night. And, you know, maybe the person's moved on and hired somebody else, or whatever. You know, I wish I could like clone myself and have somebody that all they do is just respond to customers, you know? 
so I could both do the tours and respond to customers. But yeah, like if I could have a robot that emails like me and answers voicemails like me and all that kind of stuff, that'd be great. I don't think it's possible, unfortunately, at least not yet. Maybe in 2022 or just not in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Where can my listeners check you out online? Uh, so the website is private tours, new Orleans.com. The name of the company is La Vie New Orleans private tours, but it's private tours, new Orleans.com. Uh, social media is just La Vie Orleans. So L A V I E Orleans. If you come to new Orleans, I'll show you around, show you a good time, teach you everything you want to know about New Orleans, and uh, it'll be great. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. I appreciate it. You're still here? Well, while I have you, if you found today's episode valuable or useful, I would love if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps to expand the reach of the podcast. And if not, then just forget the last 10 seconds. Thanks. Talk to you next week.